Well, here we go with another edition of Banker with a Beer presented by Northwestern Bank. I'm Scott. Across the way is Jerry. We've got a, a full table today. Jerry's going to introduce in, in just a moment. But here we go, another edition of Banker with a Beer, another great guest, and a, a beverage, Jerry, you said uh, you yourself have not tried yet. So this will be a uh, a first-time experience for everybody. It will be. We have a, what was the great day, Scott? Uh, welcome, Ham. Ha, ha, welcome. <laughs> I'm getting going Getting going today. Uh, we have a guest today, a great guest. We also have a guest host today. And so uh, Tracy Smiskey is going to be hosting today, and she has one of her great customers with us. So Tracy, I'll let you bring Adam on board. Sounds good. Thanks, Jerry. It's good to be here again. Good to see you, Scott. And I'm excited because somebody that I admire with his business savvy sense and has a great background of not just being a business owner, uh, very involved in the community, has a tremendously awesome family. Tell Alice I said hi, by the way. Um, Adam Condon is here today who owns Blue Ox Running downtown Eau Claire. Yes, thank you for having me. I appreciate that. We we'll look forward to talking to Adam here in a moment, and uh, we'll get into with Adam here in just a second. Uh, Jerry, the beverage today. It is Banker with the Beer, and the beer today is going to be a new offering from Line and Kugels. It's their chocolate Dunkel. So Adam had originally requested Creamy Dark, which is one of my favorites. And this, I think, is supposed to be its re replacement. So I'm going to do my best to pour a good head on these beer, and we'll get going forward. And while Jerry does that, uh, Adam, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'll, I'll let Tracy do most of the questioning, but uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I mean, um, we could go way back. I mean, 38 years old. Um, I'm not going to take you through through the the awkward early years of middle school, high school, college, and post college. I guess that's what puts me here. Still a little awkward. Still kind of a running nerd. Uh, kind of doing what I love with my wife. Uh, we met running cross country and track at Eau Claire here, but um, uh, we ended up through a handful of different uh, paths back in Eau Claire, owning our own business, something I did not go to school for. And uh, I, I guess I could just keep rambling, but, but what brought us back to Eau Claire is what brought us to Eau Claire originally, which was Western Wisconsin. We're both from Wisconsin. Um, I'm originally from La Crosse, went to high school there, had a little bit of a growing up in Colorado for a little bit, and then back to Wisconsin. I was born in Madison. So I've been all over. We've been out east, D.C. area. We moved back to Iowa, and it's just kind of a, a tangled um, Tangled timeline when I try to explain where I've been and at, and at what times, but I'm glad to be back in Eau Claire. Well, the beverages are, are being yes. poured here as they are, and uh, got to gotta let Jerry uh, still pour his here. But uh, before, as he pours his, uh, Adam, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the fact that uh, you are a, a, a champion recently, aren't you? Oh, I don't know about that. I, uh, champion can be held quite loosely. I, I guess what you might be referring to is is the coming back of the Eau Claire Marathon um, wasn't on for 2020, and then 2021 um, they didn't have it in the spring when they normally do that first weekend in May, but they did bring it back to the fall. So we're still kind of in that COVID um, event weirdness of of gathering people outside, inside, and uh, it was just great to have the event back in town. To be honest, and uh, and you know, half marathon, marathon, 5K, the relay, they they did it all this this September. All right. Well, here the beverages yes. have been poured, and I think I already took a drink. I didn't know we we're supposed to. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <It's> okay. <laughs> no rules to break here. 
Oh, you definitely taste the chocolate. It's mm. good. Not bad. I was gonna say Jerry gave a little. Mm, so yeah. I can tell Jerry. So Jerry's gonna, gonna is gonna kind of lay out for the rest of this here. He's gonna <laughs> sit back and drink that. And he I has I, a pyramid of cans already. I do. Yeah, I'm working on them. <laughs> yeah, Tracy. I know you know uh, Adam, so we'll open the floor to you. Yeah, you know, I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about the store and the experience that they have when they yep. come in. Um, I've always been so impressed with your team and how you personalize that customer experience. Yep. So I'd love for you to tell us, like somebody who hasn't been in there before, what's it like? Yeah, we pride ourselves on having, you know, footwear, apparel, gear for people that are running, walking, um, and in different streams of the fitness world, um, even a little bit of outdoor, some hiking boots and things like that. But um, what we really enjoy is helping people. So the the service component is really big for us. We do have a treadmill with cameras and help people kind of see what their natural gait is doing. We don't just put shoes out with prices on them and expect people to kind of know what they're even looking at because the the landscape of products these days is really crowded. There's a lot of brands that we have um, actually not intentionally not carried. There's a lot of brands that we do carry. Um, there's a ton of stuff out there and it's super overwhelming to just walk into a, even a smaller store and see the big shoe wall and know exactly what to do with all those colors and all those shoes. So we help people individually, one-on-one. Um, we get them up on the treadmill. We get them running on the sidewalk. We get them walking in the store barefoot with shoes, without shoes, and we try to kind of narrow down and through the process of elimination, give them options. And then, of course, it's up to them to see what's, what's most helpful with what's going to be um, appropriate for what they're using it for. Yeah, and I just think that that experience has spread like wildfire with with word of mouth marketing of what you guys are offering and your competition isn't doing that and that is definitely one element that sets you apart in what you're doing because people don't even realize some of those things because they've never had that before right so then all of a sudden it's like wow this shoe actually is going to help me my feet to feel better me to perform better with whatever i'm doing so i i think that's definitely unique to blue ox Um, One thing I've always appreciated about you is your involvement in the community and not just um, you and your family, but also Blue Ox. And one thing that we um, have in common is the Youth Leadership Eau Claire program through the Chamber of Commerce. So you have been on the entrepreneur panel for that business and industry day. And why do you find it important to kind of do that? And, And Youth Leadership Eau Claire, let us tell you, is just a program for high school juniors that are exploring different um, industries within the Eau Claire community and are learning leadership skills. And Adam has been a part of that day for at least the five years I've been involved. Um, And I think that's truly impactful. So tell us why you're involved in that. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, selfishly and personally, I think it does scratch a little itch of of my own desire to be back in the classroom. I used to be a high school math teacher, um, not for long actually. I was an engineer coming out of college and grad school, um, and then I, I'm, you know, at a at a big like Lockheed Martin, uh, Rockwell Collins, these big um, private companies I worked in, and then I moved to teaching um, in the public sector in Iowa, and then now I'm I'm a business owner. So I, I feel like I've um, been able to see work in a lot of different settings 
and I can kind of see in the community, not just like one angle of it. And I also just love to get out of the store, talk to young people and um, tell them why I'm excited about what I've been able to do in each of my jobs. Um, I think it's really important through my own experience, which is not, you know, it's not everyone's experience, but through my own, sometimes I don't think that at those ages, people even understand what you'll do day to day in this job title. So like I was an engineer, but just, just saying you're an engineer could mean anything from working out on a dock on, on like an electrical problem with an airplane. You could be a software engineer behind a desk. You could be a systems engineer. Um, you could be a consultant. There's a hundred different ways that you could spend your week, but just saying that you're an engineer. So I think having kids experience firsthand um, job settings and just ask questions and, and kind of be learning along the way is important rather than, well, these majors, this is what you're good at in high school, which goes to this major. And these are the job titles that you get from these majors. And here's the, the pay grades. That's mm -hmm. usually how people think of it. Absolutely. Now, and for some of our listeners who might want to become business owners yeah. and you're traveling down this path of, okay, I've had, I've worked really hard with my education to do this. And then, oh, I'm, I'm steering off this path to go down to the path of teaching. And then, you know, I really have this passion and I want to open this business. Like, what was that like for you? And, and how did you navigate that? Yeah, I think a lot of folks ask about like that first year of business, you know, like how our life changed there. And there was like a lot of life change. I mean, we moved back to the state. But when I think of opening our business, I think of really like the five, six years before that, that was not certainly not like um, targeting opening our own business. But in hindsight, I can see how there were a lot of things that were building and, and a lot of things that were being put in place for us to even be in a position where it would be possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of those things is financially that we just don't, um, we just were um, tackling student debt and in a position to have options when it came to um, the time that we would want to do that. We're pretty conservative that way, just with our personal finances. So the fact that we could have um, some built up investment means that we weren't at the, the mercy of um, different lenders and taking off too much debt than, than we were like comfortable with to start. And we could start really small and then grow it from there. But then the other thing is like just doing what we loved in, in general. Like Alicia worked at a specialty run store for four years while we were in the D.C. area. And we got to know those owners and they own seven stores and they own a different market. And then we moved back to Iowa and we got to know other owners. And then every single place that we moved, we found ourselves enjoying the community of a specialty run store and doing something that we were going to do anyway, which is to be part of that store and then getting to know, to know the owners. And then before you know it, I've got like five or six owners in my phone that I could text or call. And when we saw that it might be a possibility um, somewhere in Wisconsin, I could call them. I could sleep on their couch. I could learn from them. I could go in their back stock room for half a day. I could like really take it upon myself to be mentored. Even if they didn't ask me, I asked them. Um, I, I kind of did the due diligence to hunt that down my own on my own. And then we were at a place where it could actually happen in a specific city. So I guess I lied. I wasn't napping all in the back. But I, <laughs> I, but I have a question, though, which, you know, is you kind of going through your, 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 your transitional period from working for a large corporation yep. to the school system to your own uh, business. 
How did you feel, I mean, as far as an environment um, and also just your own personal financial security? I mean, you go from a corporation that has 401ks and health insurance, whatever, then to a school system, which again has this, you know, the pay isn't that great, but they have these these great um, benefits. You have your summers off. Now you're going to be opening your own business, which is... 24-7 in many cases, no long-term security, no 401ks, no paid vacations. I mean, you've come a long way in terms of, of the benefit, you know, uh, segment. How did you go through that transition? Yeah. A lot of, uh, again, a lot of people ask me about, like, what did it take to open the business? Um, not just financially, but like mentally, like that life change. And I feel like our biggest transition, and some of this has to do with the age of, age of our kids. Um, but our biggest transition was when I started teaching because I was going back to school. I was doubling down on working full time and then um, getting licensed in Iowa. And we had small kids like age zero, you know, three months old. And we were kind of already downsizing our, our life. Like we, we moved in the same city to a much smaller house. So that was um, just an intentional change that we did as I was going into teaching. So when it came to uh, opening the business, um, some of that lifestyle change had already been there and that wasn't as shocking to be honest. And, um, I mean, I think everyone's wired differently. I, I have friends that still work as electrical engineers and a systems engineers, and they like literally wake up in the morning and their hair is on fire to go solve that day's problems and be behind a desk and have their, and have their two meetings a week, which they see the, the same people. And, um, they're like really cut out for it. And I have way too much energy and way too little attention span to do that. Like I have the attention span of a chipmunk and I will not be able to focus if I'm put behind a desk for that long. So it was, it wasn't shortly after I started those jobs that I knew I wanted just a different feel. Um, But it was, it was just kind of a work in progress and um, education certainly scratched a little bit of that for me because every day is different. You're on your feet, you're walking around, you're meeting new parents, you're meeting new new kids. And then um, I was still doing a lot with the running stores in town. And uh, my one of my greatest passions is to run competitively, but also just be in the community around those stores. So we took advantage of it a lot sooner than we thought it would happen. Nice. So tell us a little bit about you have three children. Yes. Your wife, Alicia, is, is right in the business with you yep. every single day. How do you make all that work? Oh, man. It is uh, it is a struggle to, to balance everything. I think that we're in a better place now than that first year. Um, and you have family here now. Yes. So yep. We've got, uh, we've got family in Eau Claire. Uh, they've certainly helped with child care. Um, and... You know what's strange is now that we're kind of in the second calendar year anyway of, of COVID and the shutdown and, and our, our kids were supposed to be in school last year and it was virtual, of course. And um, we we kind of joke about the store being our fourth kid because we had three kids, you know, 2010, 2012, 2014. And then right about the time, two or three years later, where we might have a fourth kid, we opened the business in 2017. So the same sleepless nights and too much to do and you have no idea how the week is going to get through and you're waking up at one in the morning with these random thoughts and um, it was it was certainly a grind um, and now and then two years after that opening when we started to get our head above water 
um, COVID hit. So that's like our fifth kid. <laughs> so every couple of years, like we talk how every couple of years, our life has not totally changed, but there's something that comes up, you know, that you can always plan. And that goes back to your question before about like planning for stability and kind of moving into a more chaotic, you know, less benefits, uh, less predictable uh, income stream and just less predictable job. Um, uh, we've learned that, I mean, I've, I've got friends and past coworkers that were laid off at that big engineering firm, mm-hmm. you know, like, like job security, there certainly are industries and jobs that are more secure depending on the decade or the, or the time that we're living in, but, um, nothing's hundred percent secure. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that feels more secure, but, um, I've been fortunate enough to keep all my jobs and then start a business and, Alicia and I basically said, if we can make the same that I did when we when I was teaching um, and we could support a family, then everything else is is, you know, icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. You know, as as a small business owner, you need to work to stay relative, you know, relevant and innovative. Right. And I think um, one thing that you are so good at is social media, improving your brand mm-hmm. time and time again. And it was really fun to watch during COVID how creative you guys got. So whether it was you and Alicia are out delivering shoes to houses that are ordering things online, you're doing curbside pickup before even some of these massive box stores are doing this, right? And here you guys are making it work. So how do you, do you have a brainstorming session every week? Do these things just pop in your head and you implement them? Your social media presence is amazing. Talk to us about where all of those brilliant ideas come from. Yeah, I think that um, I think there is something to be said for having a space in your week where you can basically have unplanned creativity time. And I have not had that in every week. Like, don't get me <laughs> wrong. I've been, um, you know, a lot of weeks overworked on things that that need attention and and so forth. But to be able to kind of key off of other uh, businesses, other running stores. I mean, the run specialty industry is so unique in the fact that they provide a service, they provide a product, and um, there's community built around it, right? So I can go to a conference that's specifically for running store owners, and it's not the big box owners, it's the running store owners, and I can talk to someone that's out in Charlotte, or I can talk to someone that's in Atlanta, or I can talk to someone that's in a, a city even smaller than Eau Claire in Canada. And we can bounce ideas off of one another. I just went to Denver to, to talk with, you know, dozens of running store owners. And that's where, that's where the magic and the creativity, like a 15 to 60 minute conversation with people that are doing the same thing that you're doing, that's better than reading some industry article about the trend of, you know, LinkedIn versus Instagram versus TikTok versus, you know, Facebook stories. Like Absolutely. that, that's where you get... Um, someone across the room going, I can't believe that this worked for us. But once we started doing this um, and our videos were 45 seconds instead of three and a half minutes, that's where we saw this and that and the other. So you get that brain power in the same room, even if it's for a three-day conference, that's really helpful. Um, And that's what I tell people um, when I'm at like the the entrepreneurial boards or at the middle schools talking is like, no matter what you're going to do, find people that are already doing it and just talk to them. Even if it's your uncle or your uncle's buddy, or like if you want to go into, you know, you you want to own a small business, or even if you want to be a, an accountant, 
you're, I guarantee someone in your family or someone in their family or someone, someone two orders of you know, magnitude away from you that knows someone that knows someone can talk to you about accounting. Absolutely. So that's that's what's been really helpful. And and uh, I mean, as you say that, I'm even thinking about things that are going on this week. It's not just like when COVID shut um, shut us down for eight weeks and we, we set up the e-com store. Like we're on our third um, edition of our online store. So that's that's been it's actually we're coming up on a year of, of it because it was it was around Thanksgiving last year. But what's new right now is that as the as the you know, the later struggles of COVID uh, with the supply chain are starting to hit us really bad right now. Mm-hmm. We're able to, so I've got a running store owner in Phoenix, Arizona that owns three stores that used to be a software engineer. And he put together this really cool software package that helps him uh, with his inventory. And he basically has marketed it and now is selling it to other running store owners. And all these, uh, we're coming up on 100 to 200 stores that are part of this network and we can share each other's inventory. So if we're out of a color or if we're out of a size, like I I might not have it in my store, but then I look to our supplier and now they're having trouble with, with South Vietnam and they're having trouble with the supply chain, but I can actually look into 150 other running stores in the nation and say, oh, they've got it. I've got their email and we're starting to swap inventory. That's great. So my stock room is like going to be 200 other running store stock rooms within the next couple weeks here. And that's where creative entrepreneurs, and he turned that on in a couple weeks. And for a big software company that uh, has a thousand things to do, um, I mean, we use big software as well, but like there's a certain um, turnover with creative ideas that small, nimble, lean entrepreneurs can do. Yeah, and the strength of collaboration, right? Yep. Yeah. We're talking with Adam Conduit. He's with Blue Ox Running here in Eau Claire. Tracy Smiskey is our Northwestern Bank Eau Claire Market President, and she's our guest host today. So, yeah. enjoying a Leinenkugel's Chocolate Dunkle. So your tagline, I want you to share that with everybody and so that people know that they talk to the person that might be interested in beginning running and um, why they shouldn't feel afraid to walk in your store and get started. Yeah, so our tagline is faster, slow, let's go. And um, what we feel is there's there's no one that doesn't deserve basically good footwear and good service. And uh, the line that we hear uh, in our store more than any other thing that people come in with, um, customers say, oh, I'm not a runner, but, you know, and there might be some intimidation to come in the running store and think that everyone working or everyone that's going to help them is like this, you know, ultra marathoner that like doesn't really care about walking or doesn't really care about what they're doing or, or you know, just the, the paces or the, the uh, how fast or slow people are matters and it really doesn't matter like it's all relative you could go to the new york city marathon or you could go to the olympic trials and and just get your tail kicked in even if you're you know one of the best runners in wisconsin but then you could go to a small race and win it like it just doesn't it's just very very relative um with how fast people are moving and what people sometimes don't realize is that folks on their feet all day eight hours 12 hour shifts 16 hour shifts and even just walking three miles a day they probably need more supportive or there's there's a higher risk for those folks to be in the right footwear than than the college runner that can run six minute miles all day long 
because they might actually be in their step longer. They might, um, they might have more of their body weight in their step if they're walking as opposed to running. And, you know, sometimes you can get away with uh, different footwear when you're running 30, 30 minutes a day or even an hour a day. But what you're doing for that other 9 to 15 hours on your feet is really going to be important as well. Mm-hmm. So we fit people all the time, nurses, teachers, doctors, um, you know, people in the food food industry that are on their feet. A lot of folks from Quick Trip that need the black on black leather, slip resistant, high cushion supportive Hoka shoe. Like we do that all day long. We do that more than the running shoes half the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was a blog post you had, and this was a while ago, so I don't even know if it's still on your website, but yeah. you had talked about, you were in middle school, I think, and you'll have to fill in the gaps that I have here. But you were talking about how you ran like your first race sometime in middle school yep. and your body was just kind of like, oh, like, and, and you said something in there about, I don't know if I, I'm surprised I ever wanted oh, to yeah. do it again. I hated running. That's kind of what got me started. Yeah. I, I remember, do, I remember my first, I used to be a, more of a bike racer and I started running and my calves were just screaming the next day. I couldn't walk down the stairs. Like I had to walk down backwards and I was like, why would, why, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> And uh, some of my friends were in the sport, and so I kind of went out later. I think my first year was eighth grade. Um, But I was there for, you know, friends, and I just kept looking at, like, what curb am I going to intentionally twist and break my ankle on so I don't have to do this? Even my first year in high school, I think I was, like, counting down the meets to be done with the season. Um, And and it really kind of clicked that second or third year, you know, just – physically for me and and the more work I put into it the more uh, success I had so it's not I think running uh, can actually be kind of a longer lead time for people to enjoy it as much as uh, some people do because Mm -hmm. it is a lot of pounding Um, you need the right amount of cushion sometimes especially if you're starting a little bit later in life and it it can take six weeks it can take eight weeks it can take three months to kind of get over that hump where it starts to feel good and you're out there the same time every day you've got some regularity to it but no I don't think anyone just steps out and just like loves it so what about your kids because your son was in he didn't do the marathon but did he do like the 5k or something yeah my middle guy we got three kids the two older are our boys and then my youngest is our daughter so my middle guy um he did the 5k um my oldest his first love is is mountain biking. He's kind of in a mountain biking league. He's in middle school now, so he can, he did cross country, but honestly, those kids, like as long as they're outside playing and they're like free range, just like being active. Like the other day they were, um, they were tackle football, like, and you know, they, I, I still kind of have the body of a middle schooler. So they, they look like me. They're, they're smaller. They're going to get crushed if they continue on, on the, uh, thinking that they're going to be on the offensive line of the football team or something. <laughs> but as long as they're having fun and it's safe, like, I, I don't give a rip. It's, and they're not tackling their great. sister too much? Oh, she gets in there herself. No, she's <laughs> the one that'll get in there and, and play dirty. She, does, she has no problem that doesn't mixing it up with the bit. boys. She's yeah. got some spunk. That's great. <laughs> Well, Adam, this is this is great. I'm, I'm enjoying your your conversation here, uh, Scott. We should give you. We have one quick question before we uh, oh yeah close the thing out. Well, I think I think we well we probably have time for a couple more questions, so I'll give one and then I'll let you guys uh, toss one out there. But I, I, a little bit more of a, a macro question here. Clearly, people are going to pick up on the fact over the course of the last 27 minutes, there's passion. <laughs> yeah. Overall, where does that passion come from? What fuels it? Yeah, I. 
I mean, that's a great question, cause, like where it comes from, because there is um, there is passion to essentially do what I love. And what I found, especially moving back to Wisconsin, I've been really fortunate to realize how close, even living in the city of Eau Claire, how quick it can be to get out to the trails at Lowe's Creek or to get out to the Birkenbeiner Trail, you know, the biking, the running, that can be really accessible. Um, I did a lot of running when we lived in Washington, D.C., but it's just not the same. So some of that, honestly, some of that passion is is forming a lifestyle that it's um, simple and easy to do. Um, I, I, I did grow up in the mountains uh, in Colorado uh, chasing my dad on the bike. Like he was a bike racer. He kind of showed me the ropes on what it means to, um, to enjoy something that honestly takes um, – some pain and some work. So I, I'm really partial to endurance sports because it's kind of a team sport and an, and an individual sport at the same time. I think you chip away and learn a lifestyle. You don't just learn uh, a skill. Um, and I, sometimes I feel bad for the, for the folks that get into those team sports because after high school or college or whatever level they get to, they, it, it can kind of go away after a certain point because the structure might not be there. Um, but this is something that you can do whether you're competitive or not, whether you're fast, slow, uh, in the middle, front of the pack, back of the pack, middle of the pack. Everyone's basically going through the same thing. You know, they're experiencing the same thing. And it's, it's something that you can't really describe. Dad, time for more? Yep, go ahead. So last question for me then. So what keeps you in Eau Claire? What, 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 you know, the Chippewa Valley, what, what's your connection here? Do you see your place here long-term? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, Eau Claire is I, – I couldn't dream up, like, a better landing spot for Alicia and I. I mean, we lived in the D.C. area, tons of jobs, a lot of events going on. I ran a ton of fast, quick races in that um, kind of running community out there. But it was a culture of commuting and of jobs honestly like it was a, a struggle once we had our first kid out there to stay out there and, and really look at it long term um, I think Eau Claire is all about the people and essentially I, I don't know whether to call it a big town or a small city you know like there's that there's a lot going on there's activities there's good investment going into downtown um, there's there's just a lot going on, but it doesn't feel overwhelming and big. You know, I've got a seven minute commute from my house down to my store downtown. Um, and when they talk about the, the construction downtown and everything that's going to happen, you know, I've got my flashbacks to DC where you're in like traffic for like 90 minutes. And I'm like, well, I, I now need to use that sidewalk instead of that one. And, uh, actually they didn't shut down that whole parking lot. They shut down half of it and, uh, I'm good to go. Like I've got an, I've got a nine minute commute. And then I can go the other way and get out on the country roads and uh, enjoy myself out there. So Eau Claire is a great place to raise a family. We now have three kids. They're all in school, and uh, I wouldn't be anywhere else. Well, Adam, thank you so much for being here with us. Again, Adam Condit from Blue Ox Running, and um, we're happy to have you for our episode of Banker with a Beer. Yeah, thanks for having me. And, Jerry, this was a very tasty beverage. It, it is a yes. filling beverage. By, when we record this, it's before dinner. I'm going to... This is almost dinner itself. No, Alani's did a good job with this one. It's their uh, chocolate dunkel, and I'll be having another one of these in the not-too-distant future. <laughs> all right, we'll talk to you all again next time.